Okay. Hello, hello. She's landed Angelo here. Uh, uh, time has passed for me. It's been a while since I've been doing this here, uh, this here thing. Ah, there's my neighbor again. She's so grumpy. Good morning. How you doing? It is. She sweeps. Every morning she's sweeping. Good God. With the sweeping. I don't know what kind of life you live where you wake up every day and you gotta sweep the whole place. You know what I mean? She sweeps the street. I mean, God, God bless her. If we all took that kind of pride eh, in our lives, you know, in our environments, there'd be no trash everywhere. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to an urban area, or if you, uh, whoever you might be. Uh, but it is filled with trash. Now, there's a reason for that. One of the reasons is there's a lot of people. Okay, and I, I, I imagine that about 98% of the people in the world are, are uh, raging assholes and the rest of them just sort of try and keep a low profile and not get killed. That's what I think. <clears throat> anyway, the 98%, they dumping their shit in the wor- all over the world. There was a time recently, I was, I was getting off the freeway over in, uh, the, the, what was that? Uh, up by the Getty Center there, like Sherman Oaks or something. Why was I up there? <laughs> they didn't invite me. I just showed up. I was going to the, uh, 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 the, uh, the Skirball Center to see this Jim Henson thing. Which is a huge disappointment. Because, yeah, they got Kermit the Frog in a, in a, in an acrylic box. That's nice. But, uh, uh. And they got, oh, they got a Skeksis. They got the, the, the Chamberlain, Lord Chamberlain. Mmm, love that guy. Love that guy. But, and those were cool as hell. Really awesome to see that. But, you know, the rest of it was sort of like filler. You ever see a filler museum show? There's a lot of those. Well, we got this one thing, so let's wrap an entire exhibit around it. Mostly text on the wall. Uh, it's all right, but that's not even enough to fill a coffee table book. But you make the font really big, and then you all of a sudden it's a museum exhibit and worth $12 or whatever. Okay, my point, I'm getting off the freeway, and there's a guy uh, pulled off to the side of the road, literally throwing trash out of his window onto the, onto the embankment there. Literally doing that. As if... In his passenger seat, there's a, uh, a trash bag of garbage from his kitchen. And he just opened it up and started tossing through the passenger window. Why would you do that? Some watching this dude do that. And it wasn't like a hobo dude. It was, it was like somebody in a relatively recent contemporary car... Who did not look like a complete reprobate. But what are you doing? Tossing trash out the window onto the curb? I don't know. What what is with people? Anyway, if my neighbor was here, she'd sweep all that up and put it in the garbage. And God bless her. See, we should all be like her. And I don't know why I had to be critical of her. She's wonderful. Except sometimes she's out there in her her skivvies. And I don't care for that. Okay. I think her grandson should come over and say something about that. Ah, none of my business. I'm one of the 2% wants to keep a low profile, you know what I mean? 
Okay. I wanted to talk about perspective drawing, and it's been a while since I've done this. I'm a little rusty. Uh, so, uh, perspective drawing, I started on the difference between linear and atmospheric perspective, I believe, is what I covered last time. And that's an important distinction because as a painter, you actually need both. You gotta draw the thing, and then you gotta paint the thing, and it's a, it's a two-step skill. But I would like to focus on linear perspective because that is the one that is conceptual. And everything I'm talking about here is supposed to be uh, theater of the mind. So, uh, linear perspective. What is it? How does it work? Why do we need it? Well, it was invented in the pre-Renaissance by some very smart people, and I'm not going to go into that. But it has a very scientific foundation, and as it evolved over the years especially in, in, in the realm of architecture and, uh, and uh, um, uh, uh, product design or object design or whatever that's called, drafting drawing, it has become a very sophisticated system for, for, for rendering in 2D a three-dimensional space in two dimensions, which is an amazing abstract feat if you think about it. How is that even done? Now, here's a funny thing. I got my Bubby Bebo at home. He's a little bird. He's got a little bird brain. And although he's very smart, he is not human level of consciousness. He's got his own way of thinking. And he thinks in very abstract terms. Because sometimes I don't think he understands that my face is connected to my hands or connected to my feet. And that I am a unit. Because sometimes he gets upset at your toes and your fingers. But he'll, you know, snuggle with your nose. It's an odd thing. He's a sweet little boy. Most of the time. But, you know, you catch him off guard and he's like, Hands! Enemy! Ah, right. My point being, this very human thing to be able to abstract three-dimensional space in two dimensions, it's very, very human. If you show a picture to an animal, a picture of an animal even, a flat picture, a photograph even, sometimes they don't even recognize that, but you put them in front of a mirror, there they go, they go nuts. Now, is it because it's moving, or is it because they don't get uh, abstractions of reality? Let me take that further, you do it, it's, it's not a photograph, it's a drawing in two-dimensional space. You can't get Wiley Coyote in real life to walk into the side of a mountain with a tunnel painted on it, they're not that dumb. But human beings, we can do that. We can project ourselves into two-dimensional space. Just using the theater of our own minds. So that's the trick, right? Well, why did I bring up Bebo? I showed Bebo a picture of himself the other day that I had drawn. Now, everyone's a friggin' critic, right? I realize it wasn't a great drawing, but it did look a lot like a bird. And I thought, wouldn't it be interesting if I put this drawing up and Bebo thought it was a bird? Guess what? He didn't like it at all. He didn't think it was a bird. Like, I'm not looking at this. Who's got time for this? That was, that was what I could tell that he was thinking. Uh, is there food in there? Then I'm not interested. Thank you. Thank you. Moving on. Right, so uh, linear perspective is that trick, that magic trick. And it starts with a very common 
or a very uh, simple premise, that premise being that all objects recede in space to single points. Those points are called the vanishing points, and it's very easy to remember that because those are the point at which things vanish to the human eye. Vanishing points are always connected to a line, and that line usually runs horizontal to the picture plane. That means if you got a portrait or a landscape paper, it doesn't matter. It's running horizontally to the top and bottom, not the right and left sides. That's all you need to know about that. Now, you can tilt the horizon line and put it at a Dutch angle, as they say. Oh, the Dutch are going to love that. I don't know why it's a Dutch angle. Oh, I know why. Because of the roofs of their houses, right? To keep the snow off? Is that right? In Holland, everything's at an angle. Is that correct? So the snow doesn't sit there, right? I only know that because I've been to Solvang, California. Which is a little Dutch town where you can get a good Danish. And that's about it. And a lot of t-shirts with garbage on it. They don't even have a piece of Anderson's out there anymore. Which is this old chain from the 60s or whatever. that used to serve... Uh, terrible piece soup. My point being, the Dutch village, it's all at angles. Maybe that's what it is. It doesn't matter. Usually the horizon line, and the horizon is a point at which things disappear, just like the vanishing point. You don't have to think of the horizon in, in terms of uh, realistic space. You don't have to think of the horizon as the, uh, the ground or... Uh, or uh, at the point at which the Earth's uh, curvature is visible. It's not necessarily that. It's just an arbitrary line in, in, in faraway space, and all vanishing points are connected on that horizon line. And it can be moved around all over the place, but that horizon line, that horizontal... <gasps> Hold on a minute. I just had a breakthrough. Are, these, are those two words connected in Latin? Horizontal and horizon? Jiminy crow, that never occurred to me before. Isn't that funny about English? You know, if you speak it, or any language, I guess, my only experience is with English. If you've spoken English your whole life and you never had to stop and ponder, you know, you, you miss these little things. You know what I mean? All right, horizon, horizontal, very nice. Very nice. I took AP English, everybody. I just want to... I, three years of it. AP. That's advanced prep. You know what I mean? This guy never made that connection. How did? How the hell did I get through, that, through those classes? How? I'm asking you. How did I do that? How did I manage to read The Grapes of Wrath and, uh, and uh, 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 Of Mice and Men... And, uh, 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 right, Brave New World and, and uh, The Stranger and uh, uh, freaking uh, Shakespeare and, and uh, William Golding stuff, uh, Lord of the Flies, right, that one in a separate piece. How did I manage to read all those books and write papers about them and do my Latin test without coming up with Horizon and Horizontal? Come on, come on. That, that never came up. Really? I bet it's Greek. I'm not even saying it right. It's usually Latin, Greek, or French. 
but Germanic. Anyway, what's my point? I will look that up in Spanish. Horizontal and horizon. See what happens. Horizon line. Horizontal line that runs across the picture plane from right to left, left to right, depending on your uh, orientation in the world, culturally. And uh, on which sit all vanishing points. Now, the vanishing points... Okay, I remember I was trying to tie this back to high school geometry. You remember, of course, the... uh, the uh, 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 Cartesian coordinate system, which I uh, I so uh, inappropriately applied to the color wheel uh, months ago. The Cartesian coordinate system of, of X and Y, X being the horizontal and Y being the vertical line, the cross in the center, uh, and have positive and negative coordinates, etc., etc. Think about it that way. The Cartesian coordinate system applies to the horizon line in that that would be the X, uh, what is that thing called? The X axis, right? That's what I'm talking about. The X axis runs along horizontally the picture plane, the picture plane being the framework within which you will compose your picture. Uh, you, usually it's a piece of paper, canvas, a board, whatever. It's a rectangular shape. Uh, with a, a, a right angle sides usually, although this works in a circle as well if you just picture the, the rectangle somewhere in there. Right. Posing with it, the, the, the X axis runs across your picture plane, and points on the X axis represent vanishing points. And here's where the language is all very, very useful from geometry. We got points, we got axes. And we got rays. And rays are the ones, not, a, not an angle now. A ray, if you remember correctly from high school geometry, which I did not. I need a refresher. A ray is a, uh, a line that comes out from a point in one direction. Remember, a line goes in two directions. A line. But a ray starts at a point, a fixed point, and goes in one direction. That's how you remember how the vanishing point works. Because if you put a point on the x-axis, the the horizon line, in your picture, and you draw a ray forward from that point in any direction, what you end up with is something that looks very much like a ray of light. Quicker than a ray of light, as Madonna would say. However, it's very easy to remember that. And that line that comes out from that point becomes a guideline for drawing in three-dimensional space. Oh, boy. And that's the most important thing to remember about that. You need to start with a horizon line, you need points on that horizon line, and then you need rays that come out from those points forward in space if you're picturing it as three dimensions, and, you know, in diagonals if you're picturing it in two dimensions. Right. And that is a decent foundation for a talk I wanted to have about linear perspective. So, sorry about all this stuff about trash. But maybe the first assignment should be to do uh, a drawing of trash in in, in two-dimensional space, going back into the horizon as far as the eye can see. Because basically, if you could... 
if you if a giant hand could come down from the sky and pick up all the buildings in Los Angeles and leave uh, a very clean line, uh, a flat space in front of you so that you could see far in the distance. If there weren't all that smog in the air, you would notice that it's just trash left as far as the eye could see. Right. Okay. Pick up your trash, everybody. Don't be a friggin' litter bug. What happened to Hootie the Owl or whatever? Give a hoot, you know? Don't pollute. Right? Come on. Give a hoot, everybody. Seriously. Throwing your crap on the ground. You know, if you're collecting trash, which I've done, I hope I didn't mention this before. It's all corners. A friend of mine started a group where they collect trash at the at parks on a Saturday, and it's kind of... It is a it is a mix of fun and and depressing reality. Now, if you go around to a park and you just commit to two hours of collecting trash, two things will happen. Number one, you'll realize how much friggin' trash is in even a beautiful space because you tune it out. We're all so used to tuning it out, especially in an urban setting. You just tune it out. You don't notice. You look around on the ground. You're like, oh, white speck, uh, round looking thing box. And then a bunch of green. And you just focus on a green, right? That's what happens in a, in a park, in an urban park. If you commit to taking a trash bag around the entire park and picking up as much trash as possible in a couple of hours, you will notice, number one, how much friggin' trash there is and how quickly you can fill a bag. And that's real depressing. Number two, you'll notice the kind of trash you pick up has a... There's a pattern there, and one of the things you'll find most commonly are corners of bags of snacks. I want you to just ponder that. If, if the ocean is filled with plastic garbage, <clears throat> it is likely, from my experience of picking up trash in a park, that most of that trash floating out in the ocean, clogging up a turtle's nose, is probably corners from your flaming Hot Cheetos bag that you took to the friggin' beach or whatever. Come on, you guys. Flaming Hot Cheetos, seriously. I saw a guy on the street opening up a bag of flaming Hot Cheetos and pouring a can of chili into it and eating it with a spoon. Are we, are we animals? Are we any better than animals at this point that we're eating like that? Come on, dude. Ugh. Can you imagine that being next to that guy in the bathroom later? I hate to take this there, but can you imagine sitting in the stall next to that guy later on? Come on. Yikes. Anyway, watch your corners, everybody. When you pull a corner off a bag of chips, you, you heathen, put it in your freaking pocket. Come on. Don't just let it fly away. We got to think of the ducks. Okay. This is Lenny D'Angelo.